Hundreds of millions of people may have had their text messages exposed online. Hey, I'll bet that got your attention. We'll get to the bottom of that story on this episode of the Cyber 24 podcast presented by Valcom. And welcome to another episode of the Cyber 24 podcast presented by Valcom. I'm Marty Carpenter, joined today by Dan Schuyler from Valcom. Dan, thanks for being here. Marty, thanks for having me. We're into that holiday season, and we're going to get to some interesting holiday ties on some of these uh, stories coming up. But when you hear a headline like the one that we had at the top of the show, hundreds of millions of people may have had their text messages exposed online. What's your reaction to that? Are you surprised by that at all? Is that a shocking thing to hear? You know, again, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. This is a another example of a third-party vendor who whose data got compromised. And the true, uh, true Dialog is one of the biggest third-party text, bulk text, text messaging vendors out there. And you and I have probably received a, a automated text message from one of uh, a dozen businesses that we've done business with. And it was probably True Dialogue that actually yeah. sent that text message on behalf of that organization. And so, this, is, this is another example yeah. of a third-party data breach that uh, now results in a treasure trove of information being leaked out on the internet. Yeah. So let's set the scene just a little bit. Text messages, they've become ubiquitous. They're a primary source for information. And I would say they're really trusted, maybe our most trusted source. We get sort of the scare tactics or the scare stories about email compromise. And we know that websites can be compromised, but text messages just seem so like fundamental that there's a high level of trust there. We send a lot of them. We read a lot of them. We trust that they're private. So just to set the story, here's what happened according to a story published in USA Today. Uh, Some of your text messages may have been left exposed on the internet for the world to see. That's a great lead. It's an eye-grabbing lead you want to read on. A database housing millions of private SMS text messages was left open online for an extended period of time, according to a team of researchers at the online privacy company VPN Mentor. The Texas-based message, uh, the text, Texas-based text messaging from a company called True Dialogue that you mentioned is thought to be responsible for the leak. Okay, help us understand what kind of company we're talking about with True Dialogue and how that plays into our, I think there's sort of an immediate sense of relief that, oh, you're not saying Apple and iMessage got hacked. You're not saying that WhatsApp got hacked or Facebook Messenger. Okay, this is something something different. So tell me, what, what do we need to know about True Dialogue and, and essentially what their service is? So in a nutshell, they're the equivalent of a bulk mailing company. Mm-hmm. Businesses contract with True Dialogue to send out bulk text messages, Mm -hmm. say that three times fast, to their customers on a scheduled basis. So promotions, reminders, doctor appointments, things like that. True Dialogue would be one of those bulk bulk text messaging companies that would send you those text messages. So you set an appointment with your dentist, for example, six months down the road, and it gets to be a week out, and all of a sudden you get this text message that says, hey, this is your dentist's office. You have an appointment for such and such a day at such and such a time. You know, text C to confirm or whatever to say no, and then we'll set a new time. Those automated type things. Correct, yes. Is it the same thing as... Uh, these aren't necessarily your two-factor authentication things that pop to your text message. That's something different. Right. Those, okay. are, those are coming from the actual website that you're authenticating to. And let's be clear, these are the text messages being sent 
by true dialogue to you. Certainly you're responding with a yes or a no or a, a one-word response that's also being captured. But the data that's being leaked is the data that was – the text messages that were sent to you, sent to consumers uh, by True Dialogue. But the database also had some associated uh, confidential information in there as well that were, that were attached to those text messages. And that's what makes this breach all the more – uh, worrisome. Yeah, so it, d- it did include the database that was – it wasn't the text messages necessarily that were compromised. It was the database Correct. of the people who then would be able to receive these text messages. That's an important distinction to make, I think, as well. And most of those tech me- text messages that you receive are fairly benign in nature. But again, like you said, like you mentioned, like the article mentioned, the data that's as- associated in the database is the is the personally identifiable information yeah. of the confidential data that we're most concerned about. Yeah, it says the database contained access information to online medical services or to medical services along with passwords and usernames to websites like Google and Facebook. And that's where I go back to the issue of trust. Like sometimes you put something in a text that you maybe shouldn't. And I'm not talking about any kind of lewd image. I'm just saying a password or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I've been guilty of that at some point, too. Someone said, hey, I want to use this. What's your password to this? Or the wife can't remember and you send it back to her or one of your kids, something like that. Uh, The article goes on to say, the researchers warned that millions of Americans are at risk. The team was able to access text messages because the logs were completely unsecured and unencrypted. And that seems like a big no-no. Anytime you've got an un in front of secure and encrypted, there's a problem there. I'm really surprised that the data at rest was not encrypted. This is this is cybersecurity 101 for an enterprise organization of this size. Data at rest should always be encrypted, and so that that was a that was a surprising uh, component of this breach. Yeah, and just in case you think anyone's exaggerating when they say hundreds of millions or millions of Americans, the company re- uh, reaches five billion subscribers across the world. Uh, according to the research here. So VPN Mentor finds these texts are exposed or that this database is open. They reach out to True Dialogue and let them know about it. And according to the story, True Dialogue never responds, but they go fix the problem anyway. So then USA Today digs in and the text message data in question was also examined by TechCrunch. Uh, TechCrunch comes back and says the database contained detailed logs of messages sent by customers who use True Dialogue's system. So the reason this is a concern, leaked data got you know, includes phone numbers, university finance applications, job alerts, and other private information. Um, I imagine this is a situation where they will hear from some type of regulatory body to say what exactly went on here, and you know here comes here comes the fine police. Absolutely, and also if you're a if you're a customer of company A who's using True Dialogue to send you those text messages, you as a company now there might be some liability because were you doing enough due diligence to make sure that True Dialogue was securing the data that you were providing them that was being sent to you or that they were collecting to, in order to send you those text messages? Yeah. So again, this this kind of harkens back to the Equifax hack. You know, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, all these creditors were sending our credit card information to Equifax and yet Equifax wasn't doing their due diligence and keeping it secure. But the question is, this is a third party that you're doing business with. You also have to do your due diligence to ensure that that third party is 
keeping that data that you're providing them confidential. You can't just wash your hands of that and say, well, I'm giving it to them, so I'm not responsible. There there is some kind of liability shift to it. I mean, you're protecting yourself sort of by offloading that, but that doesn't absolve you of any due diligence. You do still have to verify it. And, and, you know, maybe they did or something that nobody had thought about actually looking into to see if it was was open or not. I was – the thought jumped to my mind about um, when exactly do you opt into these things? You know, like I, I, I guess is it at the point when I go to my dentist's office and the phone number I give them is my cell phone? I don't remember signing off like, yes, you can send me a text. I know they send a text. And I, if I had to guess, I think the way it's set up is they send a text. And one of the first ones you have to send out has to include, hey, if you want out of these texts, just text stop. Right. I know that that happens. I've been on political campaigns where we've sent text messages out to people to remind them to go to their, you know, don't forget to vote in the primary. Don't forget to check the mail for your ballot, whatever. Vote for us. But we always had to send that sort of disclaimer one. It just seems like this is something that we're somehow opted into before we get a chance to you're in and have to take yourself out rather than getting to opt in in the first place. Well, even more concerning is whoever asked me if they could share my data with another company. So yeah. I'm doing business with you, Marty. Yeah. I'm giving you my data. And I, you never contacted yeah. me and said, hey, I'm going to share your data with another company because yeah. they're going to send text messages on my behalf. There was no opt-in for that as well. Yeah. And the beauty of it, I guess, of course, is that I actually, I, I don't mind a text from my dentist's office to remind me or my doctor's it's, office or something. It's convenient. I, I don't get so many of them that it's a problem. If someone becomes a problem, I can tell them to stop. And it, it generally does seem to stop. Uh, it only becomes a problem when someone doesn't do what I'm expecting them to do, or maybe I shouldn't be assuming that they're going to do it. But certainly there's an assumption that you're protecting that. Or I guess even to some extent in, in, in your mind, you're thinking, well, they're just getting my cell phone number. So worst case scenario, I block that Well, that's number. what you assume. Yeah. But then, you know, what have we learned about assumptions? Don't, <laughs> don't make them. Can't draw it on the board. Probably shouldn't say it. We'd have to mark this one explicit lyrics. So uh, uh, just another area where there's some vulnerabilities. Yeah, and, and organizations, the companies that you do business with, have there are tools and solutions out there that can send out bulk uh, text messages similar to what True Dialogue is doing, but True Dialogue is offering a service that's much easier for these organizations to utilize. It's probably cheaper mm-hmm. than, the solution, than purchasing an in-house solution. But again, here we are. A business is sharing your data with another business without your permission. And now this business, now we have a data breach with that third party. Who's liable here? Yeah. Well, and what do you have, what ability do you have to do anything about it? Right? Exactly. As a consumer, it doesn't look like, based on the assumptions we've made anyway, and experiences, you don't really have a chance to opt out. Um, or, you don't, I mean, you do once they send you a text message, I guess, but you're sort of in before you're out. And then once it's there, they've got your data and they're just sharing it. Um, I guess the point is there's nothing an individual can do, but for a business leader, you, you would really want to put some thought into what data are we collecting? What are we sharing? What do we actually have permission to share? And these get into a whole number of legal privacy issues. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. You, you have the right to contact the business that you're, the business that you're conducting business with and say, do not share my data with somebody else and do not send me bulk tech text messages. Yeah. But to your point, they're convenient. They're helpful. Yeah. They they remind yeah. you. You you get deals that you wouldn't have normally yeah. seen without that text message. Yeah. So there's convenience there, but are we sacrificing that convenience 
for data privacy. And in this case, we certainly have. Pretty crazy stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears slightly and go from the text messaging. Uh, Well, let's talk about two things when we come back. One, we're going to talk about a major company that had a website leak with some credit cards just thing out there and and an interesting way that hackers had access to this information. And I I think we'll even have time to make a, a last minute Christmas shopping recommendation. How about that? That sounds great. More to come after this break on the Cyber 24 podcast presented by Valcom. In every Oceans movie ever written, the Oceans team has to first take down the defense system. Hackers work the same way when breaking into your PCs. HP's SureRun Gen 2 keeps critical security protections up and running while hackers attempt to attack your PC. You can also use HP's SureStart Gen 5 and SureRecover 4 to self-heal and recover information after an attack. Secure your devices, data, and identity with the world's most secure and manageable PCs at VLCMTech com/hp-partner There are two types of people, those who have a clean inbox and those who have thousands and thousands of unread emails. It's crazy how many unread emails some people have. Email is the number one business application organizations depend on for communication. Email is also the number one attack vector for cyber criminals. Despite significant investments in your security defenses, attackers continue to infiltrate your organization through targeted and advanced techniques that go beyond social engineering and impersonation attacks. But there is a way to protect yourself. Mimecast provides control and protection for Office 365, Microsoft Exchange, G Suite, and hybrid email platforms without the cost and complexity. Secure your email today at vlcmtech.com slash mimecast email security. That's mimecast, M-I-M-E-C-A-S-T. vlcmtech.com slash mimecast email security. This season of Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and service provider with the drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35 plus years means they have experience and expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. At Valcom, you get much more than just a dedicated IT retailer. They actually become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and productive. Check them out, vlcmtech.com, to learn more about Valcom's end-to-end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and so much more. That's vlcmtech.com. Cyber24 is supported by the Utah Department of Public Safety, as well as the Utah Department of Technology Services and the Utah Attorney General's Office. In addition, the University of Utah's Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute is where we record this podcast each week. At the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, they're dedicated to helping Utah make informed decisions. We're also proud to have the support of Secuvant, a Utah-based company providing business-enabled cyber risk and management. Every week on this program, these great partners will provide expertise and insight to help business and civic leaders better understand the challenge of cybersecurity and how to keep your organization safe. We appreciate your support. All right, welcome back to the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom, Dan Schuyler from Valcom, Marty Carpenter. Uh, 
want to shift gears away from a text message scandal and let's get back to a website uh, leak because that seems to be if there ain't if there ain't one there's another let's right? just jump from one breach to the next because yeah. there's a plenty to, <laughs> there's plenty to talk about it seems like not long ago we were waking up on Thanksgiving morning and watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade meanwhile uh, while all of our attention was on the balloons hackers had their attention elsewhere and Macy's says its website leaked credit card info to hackers for about a week. Oh, well, that sounds problematic. So this uh, from a story published in Engadget by uh, Joe Fing- or John Fingus, I should say. Uh, it says the constant stream of card skimming hacks just claimed a particularly high profile target. Macy's has warned customers that intruders slipped code, believed to be JavaScript, into two pages on its website on October 7th, letting them collect data from shoppers that included names, addresses, and payment info. Macy shut down the attack soon after discovering it uh, in mid-October, but it's unclear just how many people were affected. So this technique, known as MageCart, uh, has grown in popularity among hackers for its mix of relatively relative simplicity and effectiveness. So let's pause there. Dan, what's what is MageCart, and how does how does a hacker just get into somebody's website and put something on on pages on a website? How does that from a from a non-coding perspective? Walk me through in layman's terms how that happens. So a little bit more background first. There are a bunch of different uh, prepackaged shopping cart solutions mm-hmm. that organizations can purchase yeah. to make the – so they, they don't have to develop those it. Are, to, those aren't all specific to that website. It's sort of a, a, a software, a bundle of code that you can put on the website. Correct. Gotcha. For for shopping cart purposes, just so you don't have to develop the code. It's it's tried and true and, and proven. <laughs> So you can purchase impenetrable. impenetrable. No, it doesn't, look, doesn't right. it look to be impenetrable. Yeah. So you you buy this service, the shopping cart component that you plug into your website, and it collects the information on the products that you're purchasing, and then it also collects all the information to complete the purchase, i.e., your name, phone number, address, and credit card information, and then that information is then tr- then transmitted to the the merchant for processing. Uh-huh. So those shopping cart solutions, um, some of them have vulnerabilities and they're components of and can plug into uh, website uh, tools like WordPress and other um, website development tools that are also prepackaged if you will yeah. to make designing a website much easier. Right. So those you have you have the shopping cart solution and then you have the the web development tool that you can use as well. Um, and, and there are vulnerabilities that Magecart is taking advantage of in the shopping cart portion of that that shopping cart solution or that purchasing solution. Mm-hmm. It's basically really simple. The hacker knows exactly where to go to inject. And the, the code that they're using is one line of code in, in yeah. most cases, depending on the sophistication. Pretty easy for it to get lost in the mix. Exactly. Depending on how much information they want to collect and how much they want to skim. So this is basically credit card skimming on a website. They inject the code. Uh, a lot of these shopping cart solutions have this vulnerability. Some of them some of them are are being um, remediated, but there are some that are that haven't been remediated. And a lot of the times, it's the onus of the the website owner to plug that vulnerability by updating the code, and yeah. and they're not doing that. Yeah. So Magecart, the hackers take advantage of that by injecting the Magecart code into the shopping cart solution. You go online, you 
purchase your widget. You enter your credit card information, um, unbeknownst to you and the merchant, that credit card information is being skimmed by the Magecart code and being sent to the hacker who then does whatever they want to do with that yeah. that credit card information. Interesting. So you can go buy this prepackaged software for your shopping cart. Yep. Almost In my mind, that's sort of like a plug-in, but it's probably not quite the right term. Um, the breach in this case then was with a specific company's website. It was they got into Macy's website and then went and exp- and plugged this code into into their shopping cart. Yep. Okay. So the question then is, and maybe it's not. I didn't really see that it was answered anywhere in the story. But how do they get access to the we- Macy's websites? The, the, the same way we talk about hackers getting access to anybody's website, they went and got someone from Macy's to answer a spoof email or something like that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say, but if you had to guess, it's some kind of really simple vulnerability, I would imagine. Yes, and that's, for our listening audience, the MageCart vulnerability is a huge vulnerability. There are hundreds, if not thousands of websites right now that are probably uh, vulnerable to this vulnerability because they're using a shopping cart solution that hasn't been patched for the mage cart vulnerability, and this is a really easy vulnerability to exploit. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be a really smart hacker to do this. You can yeah. download this mage cart code. You can go and scour the internet looking for these websites that have this shopping cart solution or solutions, and then without you know too much experience, you can inject this code into the site and start skimming these credit card uh, numbers. Now, it all depends on the different type of shopping cart that you're using and the sophistication that you'll need to inject the code. But this is a very easy exploit for a hacker to exploit, if you will. And Macy's is deemed a big fish here of a company that's been hit by this. It lists a few others that have been hit by something very similar, British Airways, Ticketmaster, um, and it says, you know, but essentially don't expect this to end anytime soon because it's relatively simple to do and probably quite lucrative for those who are able to pull it off. Yes. And most of these websites don't realize that this code has been injected into their site for months and the hackers are skimming all of these credit card numbers for months and months and months until the vulnerability is discovered and patched. Yeah. Uh, it's the week before Christmas. I don't want to end on a downer sort of grinchy note. So let's, let's shift gears uh, as we wrap up this week's show. We do have another show next week. So look for that ahead of the Christmas holiday. I believe it drops on the 23rd. Uh, so just before you really get into the final Christmas preparations, you can still hear our dulcet tones and learn more about cybersecurity. But I, I want to end kind of on an up note, at least for this week. Um, Christmas gift ideas. We're all into that last-minute shopping. Uh, you've got a few people on your list who you haven't picked up something for, those people who are hard to shop for, or you know, maybe you've taken care of some people, but you're looking for that one extra gift. Okay. Um, there was an idea thrown out there uh, in Gizmodo by a writer named, I believe, Katie Keck. And she uh, threw out this as an idea, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, giving your loved ones a password manager uh, as a Christmas gift. Um, relatively inexpensive and a way to help them out. Um, what do you think of the idea? Oh, I think it's a great idea. I would, I'll do the old Amazon combination. Let's <laughs> add the password manager with the plus sign to yeah. a VPN. There you a go. Packaged little cybersecurity gift that you can give to your your loved ones. And during the holiday season, we're seeing a lot of discounts on these solutions because they want 
you know, they want to increase their holiday sales. So this is a great opportunity to take advantage of, of those, those opportunities. So I would say password manager for sure. And, and a VPN, a VPN solution would be a great add on to that. Um, just to, for our audience that maybe not as familiar with it, help us understand what a password manager is. So a password manager uh, essentially helps you to create secure passwords and store those passwords securely. So when you go to a website like Amazon.com, you don't have to remember the password and you don't have to go to your your Word document and pull yeah. the password out of there, that, that unsecured Word document and pull that unsecured password out there and copy it in there or a weak password that you're using. With a password manager, you can create a strong password. It stores it securely. And then when you go to a website that needs a password, you, it'll automatically populate that password and log you in, and you only have to remember one password to get access to all of your passwords. Yeah. Still, still not sold on the idea. Uh, this uh, article from Gizmodo points out that a Pew Research survey conducted back in 2016 found that only 12% of respondents had a password manager. And more recently, uh, Google and uh, did a Harris poll that uh, found that that figure hadn't really changed much. About 15% of U.S. adults say they used a password manager of some kind. So, you know, if you're thinking about the people you love and all the time they spend with gadgets in their hand and purchasing things online or doing anything online, even if you just want to help them not have to remember a million passwords or, like you said, finally get rid of that Word doc that just has them all listed on it, uh, this is not a bad way to go. We're not selling anybody's specific password manager, but kind of an interesting idea when you think of how many people are going to open new devices. Someone's going to get a new tablet or a new laptop or a new computer for Christmas. Uh, not a bad idea at all. So, you know, go out and do your last minute shopping and uh, get a password manager. A great inexpensive <laughs> Christmas gift. That'll wrap things up for us on this episode of the Cyber 24 podcast. I guess I would just say Merry Christmas to you all and Happy Hanukkah, which begins on December 22nd. Dan, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Marty. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode. Final thanks to our presenting partners at Valcom for all of their support. I'd also like to thank our supporting partners who contribute to this program throughout the season. The Utah Department of Public Safety, the University of Utah's Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute, our friends at Secuvant, as well as the Utah Department of Technology Services and the Utah Attorney General's Office. Until next episode, I'm Marty Carpenter.